What's it. up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the F and Growth Podcast. Drymar here along with Joe. Today we're talking all about SEO and discoverability and what does that mean, right? What does it what does search even mean? Why is it relevant to your website? What do you do in Webflow to make your site more discoverable by the search engines? Um, all of that. We're gonna get deep into everything that has to do with that. But before we get too far into this thing, let's F and grow. Okay, we back. What's up, Joe? Episode. Hey, Rymar. What is How's it? Sixteen. Sixteen. That means like yeah, four 16. months, I think. Right. That's four months of episodes. I think we started January, like yeah. mid mid to end of January, and so like, yeah, this is uh, this has been some kind of journey getting here. We've got a few uh, real quick announcements before we jump into SEO. Um, real quick, if you missed critique. That was a fun episode last week. We did that. I don't know if we're going to do it every single week. Um, we still haven't come up with the perfect timing, but we're going to do another episode this week and see how that goes. And we had, I don't know, it was like 85 people hanging with us, critiquing websites and doing live scoring. It was a lot of fun to kind of get the crowd involved in the scoring. And so if you're out there and you were with us for critique last time, uh, welcome and thanks for hanging out. Let's see who's in the crowd here. Okta, Namesh, Alex, Ronan, Maggie, Corey. Let's see, Iku, Rohan, what's up? Rachel, Magdalena, Will, Kai, Penny. Man, okay, got the squad in the house today. So anyway, thanks for hanging out with this one and in the critique show, that was a lot of fun. So um, final reminder, make sure you vote for your topics. Next week, what are we talking about? How to grow the Webflow business, which is really what we talk about everything here, but we'll get specific into the nitty gritty topics about high quality lead generation, uh, higher volume sales, you know, those are always fun episodes when we get into the weeds about how to make more money. And then, um, what is it? Oh, we're going to do another client, another round of client first. Do you want to talk about this, Joe, how that's going, how the client first is going so far, um, opening up another round of this during this episode. So that link will be available for people to sign up, but, um, maybe you can chat a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. We are doing a lot with client first. The first release of this system has been a huge success. We're seeing a lot of positive comments come through. We're talking in Slack about it. We're making revisions, iterations. We're bringing people onto our team to come and test this with us. So we're going to now release a second release of client first. And what that means is if you missed the first one, you can now submit your email to be sent the second round of client first. And that is our new CSS naming convention inside Webflow to stay neat and organized. So that's coming soon. Uh, if you are interested in round two, we're going to share a link inside the comments here for you to go sign up for round two. Nice. Okay, so Ezekiel is claiming this episode. So real quick, subtle brag, <laughs> I added this topic and it's finally here. So let's nice. jump into that. What does it mean to be here? Today we're talking all about SEO. Um, again, we'll start with a little disclaimer. Uh, we might both have a little bit of a disclaimer here, but um, Joe, what, do you, what are your thoughts here as, um, as it relates to SEO and the disclaimer and what we kind of like wanna, the tact we're gonna take as we talk about this topic? Oh, tongue twister. <laughs> sure, it, it's going to be a little bit of a different approach from what you're nor you, you normally hear. When we talk SEO and Webflow, a lot of people are talking about the technical side. 
They're talking about making sure all of the Google technical requirements are met. And this is important, but I don't believe this is the most important. So we're going to be focusing a lot of this conversation around content and engagement, which is what I believe is the true, true source of positive SEO. So this may be a little bit of a popular opinion, unpopular opinion, but that's what we're doing here. That's what's worked for us at FinSuite. And that's yeah. what this episode will be all about. Yeah. And I think a lot of people get really wrapped up understanding like the technical nuances of SEO. And we'll talk a little bit about how SEO has evolved over time from, you know, even just a few years back, decades ago, whatever. We're not going to get again specific into like the Google updates and going into the different types of SEO updates that have happened. But the sequential progress of how search engines have gotten better at understanding what's on a website and how relevant that is to the user. We want to walk you through that flow. And like we do at FinSuite, a lot of things, it's gonna be about practical application of how to do better at SEO, as opposed to getting lost in some technical overview. You could find plenty of SEO seminars and technical things where you can go get lost in like all the nuances of some of the stuff we're gonna talk about, schema and markup and link building and all of these other things that you could like get into. That's not what we're gonna talk about. We're gonna talk specifically about how to increase the stickiness of your page, how to like make it's, you know, people spend more time on the page. So that then leads to, you know, the SEO rankings, the high SEO rankings. This is how as SEO gets more sophisticated, it's going to keep improving. And so the better you get at doing that, at talking to interacting and engaging with users, the better the search engines will ideally be at finding your stuff. And so that's our disclaimer. Um, leave your thoughts in the comments. If you have anything to say for or against, right? If you agree with us, if you disagree with us, if you would like to share some resource or something as we go along, we'd love to hear from you. The Q&A always gets real exciting in these things. And so uh, that being said, boom, disclaimer is out. Um, let's just go ahead and jump right into what is SEO. Do you want to take the first swing at this, Joe? Let's do it. Technical versus non-technical. We're going to make this clarification early on in this show. Technical SEO is what we refer to as your H1s, H2s, H3s, neat and organized page content layout. Um, even things like page speed and accessibility. This is technical SEO. These are all of the things that show up in your speed report, in your SEO report. And these things are important. But as we said, we're focusing on the non-technical side of SEO. And the non-technical side of SEO is how engaged people are with your content. How long are people spending on your page? How is this being shared across the internet? How are people continuing to revisit this site afterwards? So SEO in a technical sense and a non-technical sense, we are looking at in two different, completely different ways. Yeah. Yeah, and SEO is such a broad term, right? Search engine optimization. There's so much that falls into that, right? So this performance could fall under this. Um, content specifically, all of your keyword research, you know, any kind of like content strategy that you're doing overall uh, could fall under SEO. Inbound marketing falls under SEO. Uh, like funnels and lead scoring and all of this other stuff sometimes gets wrapped up in like what SEO is because all of it is tied into optimizing the performance of the page or the structure of the page so that search engines are more likely to recommend that to other people. But SEOs are no longer just search engines, right? Like everything is becoming a search engine. And so you have 
Facebook, what's happening in search with Facebook when people share the content um, or what's happening on other social networks. And now video is a big play, right? Something like 75% of all online traffic is driven by video. And so how is video affecting search? And like, you're never going to really like there's whole industries around this, right? People spend thousands and thousands of dollars to get people to do SEO on their site. And so again, there's like, you can go everywhere and get as deep as you want. What we're going to focus on is what can you do as an individual, right? Because a lot of times you don't have the resources to spend thousands of dollars a month on SEO. You don't have the money to hire a bunch of technical people to do link building strategies and to do all of this PR strategies or anything else that might fall under SEO. And so we're going to try to give you practical stuff that you can do again to take away, um, you know, some, some things that can help you build search presence and search ranking. Um, and why that matters is very important because if people can't find your website, then you're, you're, you just don't exist. Right. And so if you disappear in yep. search, then nobody's going to stumble into your web property. And if nobody stumbles into your web property, then either nobody's listening to you or buying your product or interacting with your brand. And that's the whole goal of being online. And so if you're not doing that, um, so Joe, any other thoughts on why, before we get into like kind of some of the evolution here, why this matters? Yeah, from what you just said, I agree with what you just said. You have to make your business searchable. People have to be able to find that when they're searching for keywords. So yeah, I same same thing you said. Let's go on to evolution. Yeah. Okay. Um, so the evolution of SEO, and this is like the evolution of all technology, all information systems. It kind of just started really dumb and simple, right? It was like keywords. And I think, um, you know, if, if you've been around the web for a long time, maybe you used to play around with trying to, you know, like do some SEO stuff and you just stuff, stuff a bunch of keywords. And it used to be if you, you know, article went a little viral or something, you, you could easily outrank something. But now there's so much competition and the systems have gotten so smart that it's all AI driven, right? Like there's thousands of yeah. metrics that Google is looking at. So whereas maybe there used to be like keywords and meta tags and page description and you know, like five or eight, 10, maybe even a hundred signals, right? Like you could manage those and you could think like, okay, we can look at every aspect of this and we can figure this out. But now everything again is evolving with artificial intelligence and the signals that they're looking at are coming from all over the web, right? How long people are staying on the page? What are they doing when they click on the page? What are they doing when they click after the page? Um, where do they get to the page, right? So how did they get to the page? Was it a link? Was it a referral? Was it a deck? direct type in, you know? And so like, there's so many nuances of, of how this thing has evolved over time. And all you really need to know, again, I think like I have, I, I started on the web as a writer and you could still, if you start searching for certain topics or if you start searching for me, like I have like 5,000 keywords that at somewhere I rank for these terms and they're just legacy terms and it all started from content. And so I would encourage you all to think about like from an SEO standpoint, not what can I do from a technical standpoint or what can I do to trick a system to rank higher, but what can I do to provide more value? And the better you can get at delivering value with the content you create, the better you're going to get no matter how the SEOs, like the algorithms evolve, no matter how much the AI evolves or whatever happens, right? It's about if you provide value, the systems are going to get better at understanding what content is providing value and hopefully recommend that to others more. And so theoretically, if you're doing these things, as these systems get better, you'll be ahead of SEO. And that's kind of the curve here because SEO is always changing. Look at what Apple just did, 
with privacy where you can opt out of privacy, you know, and this isn't really SEO thing, but it relates to like being able to have data to find and now advertisers are scrambling because they're not having access to this data, or this information, right? So like SEO, a lot of times is about understanding not just the presence and the content you're building, but how to like tangle that audience, how to wrap them up and how to keep them engaged. And so, um, Joe, any thoughts on that? My, my, my rant, I'm going to step off that soapbox now. <laughs> yeah, I want to, I want to make a clear differentiation between how it used to be and how it is now and how it used to be unauthentic. It, you used to be able to trick the system. And that was, that was part of SEO. I remember looking into this years ago, even before I got into websites and it was like tricking the system. How can I get Google bots to think that I am legit, you know, putting keywords at the bottom of the page hidden. And like, these are ridiculous things. Now we get in trouble for doing that. We get in yeah. trouble for attempting to trick the system. That is not good. It is now really focused on authenticity. And as these Google bots get smarter and smarter, it's going to continue focusing on authenticity. And your technical implementation, your H1, all this, this is important so they can read it. Yep. But this has nothing to do with authenticity. The authenticity comes into what content's on this page and what people are doing with that content. So be very aware of that, that it used to be very, very tricky. Uh, not tricky. It used to be very... Black hat. Unauthentic. That's the best yeah. way I can put it. Yeah, it, it's just fake. And now it's not fake. So we yeah. have to really be focused in that, that yeah. big change. And it's going to continue changing, just like you're talking about. And I agree. And I want to point out wonderful digital hearers talking about, can you speak to small business and local? And this is one place where the evolution of SEO has gotten really strong, because as the amount of information has increased and you have more people kind of competing for that top ranking, what the search engines have tried to figure out to do is how to localize the results to make it more specific to a geographical region. Right. And so this is where small business can really stand out. Uh, you know, like this is why I Google my business listing is so strong. Right. One of the things you can do for a SEO presence is just go do the Google my business stuff and fill out that basic profile and make sure that all of your profiles on LinkedIn, on Facebook, on Twitter, on whatever that are just there. Right. And so um, from a local standpoint, we will talk a little bit about how you can set yourself apart. My background actually in community building is in local community and stuff like that. And so like um, I spent years taking over local media uh, operations and like building SEO for local brands. And there is a lot that you can do inside of that, but it almost always comes down to that content again. So going back to what we talked about, it's very rarely has to do because like you just put up a site and Google's like, oh, look at this site with all these technical things that are right here. No, no, no. That's just expected to happen. It's all the stuff that happens after that that matters, that has a real impact on SEO. And that's how it's going to continue to evolve. And so just keeping that in mind as we go. Um, cool. So. Let's Joe, go best practices. Yeah. Thoughts. Anything else there? And let's start talking about. Yeah, in best practices, let's start talking about how we're approaching this at FinSuite. We are not really taking the technical approach at FinSuite. We're aware of it, but this is not our primary lead. FinSuite.com is a big, giant middle finger to the Google speed tests and to the, the SEO tests. It doesn't take any of that shit into consideration, but yet we are continuing to show up high in results. We have great traffic. And people are telling us, leads are coming to us, telling us they found us organically in search. 
Yeah. So why? People are spending four minutes on our website. That means it's pretty interesting. Most sites do not get four minutes. So Google is, is saying finsuite.com is an important site. People are using it. It's, it's something people are staying on. Uh, we look at something like cookie consent. We just released cookie consent a month ago. This is on page two of Google, Webflow cookie consent. And we have Webflow University posts. We have Webflow forum posts. We have all of these super high, high ranking things. Ubenda, this is, I mean, these are monsters. They've been around forever. And we're on page two. We just released it. It's a one page Webflow site with zero SEO into consideration. And we just put important information here. And I don't know how long people are spending on this, but I can, I bet you that people are spending time looking at this content, coming back to this content, reading this content. And that's what Google sees. And that's why we're right. on page two within one month. No right. videos. That's, and I bet that's powerful. And there's other terms that it shows up higher, right? Like I started looking for like GDPR compliance and Webflow, and you quickly see our video about GDPR and CCPA mm -hmm. compliance and Webflow first ranking, right? Mm -hmm. And so like these things, and the video doesn't have crazy traffic, right? Maybe it has a thousand views or 1200 views or whatever it is. And so like, don't always think that the best practice means having the most views or, or whatever. Um, it just, like there's a lot of reasons why things can kind of take off online. And there's kind of a system that happens, right? So like, let's say you create a steady stream of regular content. Google gets in the habit of indexing that site more regularly, right? So you up, you up the more you update the beast, the more they're gonna kind of come and look. And the more engaging people get with your brand, the more engagement there is, the more often you're gonna send signals like, hey, you should check here. There's new stuff regularly. There's new engagement regularly. People are coming back and interacting with this. And those are all signals that on a regular basis, the search engines and any really AI-driven tech platform is looking to, to trigger, right? Because it, we think about all of this, it's all about engaging users. And so the platforms wanna keep the users engaged as long as they can too, which means it's their job to find the most encouraging content and bring that forward. And so again, all of these systems that lead back to engagement, stickiness, content itself, more so than the technical stuff. If you weighed like the technical versus non-technical stuff, you're looking at about 25% technical and 75% non-technical, right? So on page, the stuff that you can do from a best practices standpoint, even if you did it all perfectly, might make up 25% of your overall search ranking. Whereas everything else that happens after that is what really determines whether or not you end up at that first page search result. And now it's even getting more competitive because you've got voice search. And so now you've got what they call position zero, which is like not a search listing at all. When you get voice results back, there's one listing that Alexa reads to you or that Google Assistant reads to you, right? You don't get a list of displays. And so it's even getting more competitive because search is no longer just about visible search or text search. And so there's all of these facets that you have to start thinking about. And SEO, again, is like you can get lost wondering if it's just how to get content discovered or, or what you're doing. Um, anyway, uh, I'm going to keep getting lost. And it's just about content and engaging and like everything else is just it's just expected to be there. Right. It's kind of like building software right now. The yep. software is just expected to work. I don't care what tool you built it in. I don't care if you built it in a no-code tool or a full-code tool. It's just supposed to work. So SEO, kind of like you just need to go learn the basics, take some courses on that, learn like, and that stuff just has to happen. 
but everything else after that really comes down to where you you know separate yourself in the in the business and yeah but before we move on to seo and webflow let's talk a little bit about what people can do to make this yeah. happen you may this be is... thinking well i have this this boring industry or i have something that isn't as exciting with content you know we're we're in a very we're in a great position at FinSuite that we are marketing to designers and developers, and we're using the platform that people like to use. So naturally, we get to market with this platform, and our community is already searching for these terms. Now, what happens if you have something that isn't as fun and exciting? There's always a way to make content for people to enjoy. This can be content for leads. This can be explanation content people need to stay on your site. You need to look at that bounce rate. You need to look at where people are dropping off and make sure that they have the content that they need to continue viewing that site, to continue clicking through. Yeah. So that's where you can start focusing. You don't have to think about how to make this awesome video that's going to show up in search. Start simple. How do I get this site engaged, engaging so that people don't bounce? Yeah. And and doing that with a super clean 100% speed test is not the way to do it. Yeah. Well, and it takes time to build domain authority, right? And trust and credibility sure. rankings and some of these other things. And so like, um, and I don't want to dismiss the technical stuff, right? So going back to like the local stuff, you can have local SEO, right? You can add, so from a best practices standpoint, you can add custom schema to your site. And this is really valuable for things like, um, video schema or local business, like business locations, right? Where you've probably seen this, where you search something and Google gives you like a kind of a structured snippet, you know? And so that structured snippet is pulling data from the site somehow. And so if you can serve this up to Google in a way that makes Google feel good, right? That like, they don't have to think about it. It just happens. Google's like, okay, well let's prioritize that content versus a website that doesn't do that. And so, um, again, learning about, this is, and this is one of the things where Webflow is maybe a little bit weak. We'll talk about here in a second where F SEO is strong in Webflow. But in WordPress, for instance, you could get like, um, there's some SEO plugins that expand the functionality where you can easily add some of the schema to the page when you add a YouTube video or when you do a location, you can kind of add some of that other stuff. Where in Webflow, you would have to add that with some code or some custom attributes. Um, and so there are some nuances there, even though Webflow does give you tools to do SEO in a dynamic way, which I think we'll talk about here in the next section. Um, there are some limitations that people should know about when it comes to some of you know the, the stuff you can do, right? So if you do wanna get more technical in Webflow as it relates to SEO, that may involve some custom code, that may involve bringing in somebody who's not just um, you know some conversion rate optimization person that's gonna go into your Webflow's or WordPress site and make a bunch of little changes, right? So um, just some things to think about as it does relate to the technical side of things. And we do have some lists here. Do you want to go through any of um, these checklists? I know we've got a couple like little things. I don't know how nuanced we want to get or do we just release this in the show notes? After? Sure. Yeah, let's. Some of these are standard basic. You should know it. Some of it is a little bit more advanced, but these are the things that we are always doing with every every build. Yeah, uh, we are. The classic using one H1 per page, following a hierarchy using H2s and H3s appropriately throughout the page to make sure that Google can go and get the most important information from the HTML. 
Adding meta title and meta description, this one also is important. Of course, make sure these are unique and they're not just copy and paste of the same from each one. All these technical items, they're helping Google search for you. They're not putting you up on top, they're helping you go and search. Open graph images for all pages, uh, alt tags for all graphic assets. This is becoming more and more important with accessibility. You should be doing this. Google is placing more of a uh, focus on this. Always have a page sitemap, having a clean, organized sitemap so that people can understand. Make sure you're submitting that sitemap.xml file to Google. This is very important, not something you should go and stop doing. Uh, definitely go and submit that at XML. Uh, we have, okay, uh, the, the organized site structure. If you have signed up for client first, if you know client first, this is something that we're actively trying to do, making sure that pages are neat and organized, that we follow this structure that's easy to read. Making sure your tags have, making sure your divs have tag attributes. Things like main, header, section. Applying these tags to your page elements will again help Google read that. So what Google does when they go and crawl your site is they're going to look at the HTML. That's the first, the first go-to. They're going to look at the H headings. They're going to scan that content. They're going to look at, this is a header, this is this, this is this. And the more information we can give them, the easier of a time they will go, they will be able to go and crawl our site. So we want to do this. This is These are things that we do need to be aware of. And then the last one, I think the most important of this whole list is adding structured data to static and dynamic pages. This is important. And we saw almost instant results when we did this at FinSuite. I think six months ago, eight months ago, maybe a year ago, we just did structured data for everything. It was a big project. We structured data as much as we possibly could. And we started to see that structured, structured data coming into Google within a few weeks. So this is one of those technical requirements that is definitely a go-to. It's going to help that show up really clean and organized. It's going to make people click it. And that's going to improve SEO, improve, improve, improve. Yep. So that's our technical list right there. That Those well, are things that we do on pretty much every site in Webflow. And there's a couple more things that I want to go through too, because as you get into the CMS, as it relates to best practices, you know, managing your slugs, keeping those slugs short, you know, um, managing them so that they're readable. Um, this is one thing that you don't really have to worry about in Webflow versus like WordPress, because in WordPress you have more control over the um, slug URL parameters. But in Webflow, you know, like naming your article, you know, so when you name your CMS item, that becomes your slug. And so sometimes keeping those clean and easy and accessible, um, making sure you're always mapping. Um, and maybe this is the SEO to Webflow. So let's go ahead and make that transition in here because this is how you do start taking care of some of this. Um, the dynamic options when you're using the CMS, making sure like when you create the title and description, you map one of those fields to, this, to the SEO. So that when you have, you know, the dynamic SEO and Webflow for your um, template element, it's pulling that from your CMS and the person who's inputting that can easily update the alt description, the whatever the OG image is, all of that stuff. Um, do we want to get into any of the, because Webflow does make SEO pretty um, simple from the basic technical side. And they also give you 
high quality performance servers, you know, the, 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 the page load speed is a huge part of SEO now, right? So best practices in SEO, going back to the last section, is what about the performance? The performance is huge when it comes to like, literally, I, I think it's, I, I can't give you a number, but it's a huge percentage of your page uh, result now is, is performance, right? If you got a two, three, four second page load speed, all the way to the bottom, you know, like you're just, you're just not gonna play. And so um, Webflow does give you that Unless, from the hosting infrastructure. Hold yeah, on, ahead, I, I have to, yep, I with have the caveat. to cut in with there. The caveat. <laughs> Unless your content is awesome. Our finsuite.com website scores terribly, and that is always showing up top. It's we, we just get such good search, and it does not take that yeah. speed into account. This so, is the yes, exception. But it's not the, yeah. It's the exception, not the rule, too, though. Um, because yes. typically, right, so what happens is the, the FinSuite site continually gets, it's an anchor site, it's beautiful, people spend time on it, they click on it, they go to it, it becomes kind of a hub for people to find out about all the other things that we do, right? And so like Google has a tremendous number of signals, not just when they click on that page, but what they do after that about what's happening. Typically on a basic website, if you don't have that surrounding infrastructure, you're not gonna get some of that benefit. Um, so just a caveat that like, you can get away with some of this if your content is great and if you have the architecture and if you have the social engagement. There's lots of people, right? There's influencers right now who could go stand up a website, make a couple tweets about it, and within a day or two, they would be at the top of search engine rankings. Has nothing to do with the technical aspect of what it is. It's the fact that they have a huge audience and they can drive demand and that within minutes, they could literally boost that signal. And so, again, take the things that we're saying with a little bit of caveat that as you grow and as you ex can explore, you can risk kind of not doing some of these technical things because other things can compensate for that. But also, as you get bigger and as you grow, you should start paying attention more to what you can do from a technical standpoint because that can it can compound exponentially, right? So if you start doing all the technical stuff and that happens to be all set up proper and you start growing the audience and you start growing engagement and social exposure, et cetera. Now you can really have compounding effects where you have a significant amount of traffic. Um, and if you haven't gotten to a place where you're driving a bunch of traffic organically through some like great uh, content or something like that, I do encourage you to experiment with that because it can be a, it can be a difference maker for your business, for your lead generation, um, you know, for your, quality of life, uh, whatever your business is, you can always, you know, like benefit from more exposure, from more traffic, from more visibility. Um, any other thoughts on this list, the yeah, Webflow project well settings or any of this stuff that we need to like bring up here or should we jump into? Well, we're, we're getting, maybe this is the next section, but we're getting a few comments around setting up this structured data. Sure. And in theory, it's very easy. We, we look at Google's documentation, we look at online documentation, and it seems to be an easy setup. But then when you go put it on your Webflow site and go and publish, it doesn't work. We've had mm. this before. Sometimes a JavaScript developer does have to come in and make sure it's set up correctly. So we're, go we're going to share some resources on this. We're going to make sure that we give you as much information as we can. But I think maybe we can, we can follow up with a, an episode or a tool or a, some type of content around schema and Webflow. Yeah. 
And that's how you create good content. You hear what people are talking about in your target market. And now we're going to go create a piece of content. And I bet we're going to get a lot of people searching for schema and Webflow. And I bet nothing's there right now. So right. that's what we're going to do. That's how we are going to improve our SEO. Yeah. And this is one of those things where like you just can't, you just can't be listening and trying to, again, provide the value, right? And this is where yes. good keyword research comes in. So if you're looking to do some SEO stuff, you know, we haven't talked keyword research. We haven't talked, you know, like any of the backend stuff because we're not teaching the principles again here, you know. Um, and so coming up with a content strategy and a good SEO campaign might involve a little bit of research and a little a bit of studying the audience and the community and the platforms and the different tools. We'll, we'll share some tools here in the next section that will allow you to do some of this. And so, um, okay, uh, let's see, anything else coming in? Gosh, I struggled with schema markup and FAQs for so long. Yeah, do we have in the tools, do we have a cool tool, uh, something that we can just share right here in the chat about that schema tool that we get to people? Or is that something we're gonna take a little yeah. bit of time to, to prep? Yeah, let's, uh, I can't share the URLs here, it looks like, but yeah, we have a, we have a list of URLs for, for schema resources. We'd love to share this. Okay. Yeah, let's, um, let's do that. Let's go into Absolutely. this tools and resources section. And yep. Joe will copy and paste those over because this is, and this is another thing, Joe, that maybe you wanted to talk a little bit about, um, you know, people who are rendering JavaScript on pages, or if you're doing interesting things with data or pulling from different places, and if things are hidden in member stack versus like on the page, you know, like, um, cause there are other things and not to get too deep into the weeds again here, but since we are talking about schema and some of the technical stuff, you, you mentioned something about rendering JavaScript on the page. This is something we do quite a bit of. This is something more people are experimenting with as it relates to SEO. Um, did you want to chat about any of that? Sure. I, I would love to, because this is now becoming an important part of our Webflow impl implementation process. When we were more early in the business, we had smaller projects. This usually wasn't a requirement. But as we started getting bigger clients, they needed more data coming into Webflow that could not live in CMS for whatever reason, because of Webflow's technical limitations, because the data is not set, set up well for Webflow CMS. So we have to use an API to take that data and put it on the Webflow site. And now we get this request with probably 50% of all projects that we do. It could be a big part of the project. It could be a little tiny job board posting, you know, just a little tiny three job list that comes from something like Greenhouse. It's very important to know that when you are rendering this data on the page, after the load, it loads your JavaScript runs and it's putting content on the page. By default, this is not something that Google looks for in their initial and primary crawl. So they're crawling your site, they're looking at the HTML, they're not looking at the JavaScript. They will look at the JavaScript. Over time, they are going to know your site better and they're going to then search through JavaScript and start to index that content. But if it's dynamic and if it's changing, it's not going to be SEO friendly. And if you want this dynamic content to be SEO friendly, you need a different solution than just taking an API and rendering that content with JavaScript. So it's important to know that if a client or a leader, someone is asking you to do this, hey, I need you to take this data and put it on the Webflow site outside of the CMS, you need to ask about SEO. 
That's a default question now that we ask with every single implementation. Yeah. This unique content that's coming from a different source, what do you want to do with SEO? Because Google cannot crawl it with the way that we would normally do it in Webflow. So yeah. if you're getting to that level, be aware of this, research it, look into it. Super important. It's becoming day to day for us at FinSuite. This just made me think of something else too. Um, oh, geez, I'm going to lose it because I just thought about. Um, oh, the WordPress, there was something about WordPress and the URLs. When you said when when SEO matters, right? So asking the customer whether SEO matters or not is important, especially as you do the site structure or if you're moving a, a, a site that lives somewhere else to Webflow. So this is something that you need to think about, right? Is what are the old URLs and how can you map them or can you map them directly into Webflow? Because Webflow doesn't give you as much control over that URL, that slug, you have to add with a collection type, a subfolder to the URL. And a lot of times you don't get one-to-one -one mapping when you're transferring a site. So let's say you have a Webflow URL or a WordPress URL, you might have domain.com forward slash article name, right? And every time you create a new article, that's gonna go under forward slash dot com article name. Well, if you create the Webflow site, you may have to have domain.com slash article slash article name. And so you'll have to create 301 redirects for all of that. And so what Joe just said there about asking the customer about does this have an impact on SEO doesn't just relate to like if you're doing custom stuff. You need to understand that as part of the requirements when you talk to a client from the beginning. Because if you change that for somebody and you don't think about that and you ruin their SEO rankings, you will get sued, right? <laughs> it's like, uh, and, <laughs> and you may not, but you could. And you don't wanna open yourself up to that, right? And so like, just again, I'm, I, this is a little aside, it's not super SEO related. It's just kind of one of those things that you gotta be understanding what does the customer need, right? And how is what I'm doing gonna impact what the customer needs? And so, uh, sorry, another little sideline there that I thought was important. Um, we, uh, we've shared a bunch of tools here in the chat. So if anybody is looking for some of those tools, they'll be in there. Um, any other thoughts about what we just said there, Joe? Well, I'm looking right now at a list of all of our to-dos for, for SEO in Webflow, and we're on the tools and resources section. I think that we should package up some of these notes and we should go and release this to everybody listening. Yeah. So yeah. if, you are, if you're subscribed to our channel, we're going to send an email out after this, and it's going to have a, an official list of, hey, this, this is everything that we consider. We're not going to go through every single one of these. We have things like enable SSL and minify HTML, CSS, and JavaScript. Uh, so the, some of these are the more basic things, but still having this full list to consider may help unlock something for you. It may help you understand something a little bit better. Yeah, I agree. This is we'll one of those instances the where the show notes that we have in there um, will be good to just copy and paste into the YouTube description of the video here so that it's in there yeah. perpetually so that everyone has like just all of the notes and thoughts, the checklist, um, all of that. Um, I do see Rohan, I, I've teased this a couple times, we just shared a visual script writer for schema. What, do, what does that mean? Um, I've not seen that. Joe, do you, are you familiar with that? Do you know what Rohan's nice. talking about there? No, I'm not 
No, I don't. And that, okay. that gets me very excited. We have <laughs> breaking we, news we have here. You heard initiatives. It. <laughs> yeah. You heard it first cool. on the growth like podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Rohan's <laughs> dropping products here that we don't even know about. So, uh, Rohan, please uh, let great. us know what we're talking about there. Uh, Penny, this is a great point. Always grab an existing site map or generate one on demand. Yeah. Anytime you're going to do a site transfer, anytime you're going to do anything like this, uh, you do want to make sure you index the site yourself and have uh, an outline of all the URLs. And that doesn't mean you have to map all them or that the client wants everything to transfer over, but you should have that conversation with them. Hey, which of these, you know, are important to you? Do we need to map them all? And then you get into, you know, like 301 routing or whatever you, you may want to do at that point. And so, um, yeah, John Larson right here, setting expectations after migration is super important um, from the start. Many times ranking will decline and won't recover for months. Yeah, it's... Um, a hundred percent you could and it's a big deal yeah. right like if you if you're doing sales online and your funnel drops or your e-commerce store is down or you get a big ding from the search engine results this could be a big impact to your bottom line and if you're representing a customer in that transaction and you don't account for some of this stuff you could end up again finding yourself in trouble and so this goes into like knowing your limits and your limitations and going back to some of the stuff we've talked about in other episodes for sure um so Rohan yeah, and I, I would like to on on John's comment, he says setting expectations after a migration is super important. Yeah. I'd like to change before. that word to setting expectations before a migration yep. is super 100%. important. That's right in the sales process. Hey, you're doing a migration. Great. We can do it. You're going to love Webflow. It's going to be better for you over time. But for a few weeks or a few months, you will have an SEO hit guaranteed. Yeah. Usually people don't mind. Most companies don't mind. But like you said, Raimar, if you are a day-to-day -day sales business, you rely on traffic coming in through organic search. This is something really, really yeah. important. And you can, you can, you know, you can adapt for that. But again, managing the expectations, I think before is better than after um, yeah. for sure. Uh, so Rohan clarified here, uh, visual script writer for schema. So it's not a FinSuite tool. It's, um, it's somebody else's okay. tool for the markup I was like damn that's cool we just built a tool and I didn't even know about it <laughs> <laughs> we can make one though we have our tech we have our script writers it, it all follows the same flow we can damn. take we can take any process and export code from that so if we have a bunch of people really interested in schema and we we do more content on that I mean we're talking just a week or two to go and build this this visual writer for you so yeah. if you're totally into it, if you love this concept, let us know. We'll consider it. Let's see. Verify the science so you can really see and track the data. Yeah, John, that's um, it's Google Search nice. Console, yep. all that. You should, for sure, if you're doing webmaster stuff, you should be plugged into that on on all your URLs, all the own properties. Um, okay, so let's jump into, do we have more tools? Or we just what, we decided we're going to release those as like um, the show notes after here, right? Um, Yep. So we'll just yep. jump we have into some nice links in here for full Q&A here and just audience discussion. I would like to point out that we just busted through the 100 concurrent viewer mark again. So kudos to all of nice. you for hanging with us on another episode of Evan Growth here. Um, I was going to say there's only 28 likes on the video, though. So if you all have not subscribed or liking the videos, I think we're looking at the stats. It's about 50% subscriber ratio versus unsubscribed watching these videos right now. And so, um, 
yeah, go ahead and subscribe to the channel, like the video. We'd appreciate the like. That really helps YouTube uh, feed it to other similar users and and let them know that we're offering value and it helps with our SEO. So just selfishly, we'd love to have um, you all help us boost those numbers right there. Harshit, uh, the hat's sitting on my coffee table. He's saying, where, where's my fancy hat? Um, it's sitting on the coffee table. I got this clean little haircut, you know, so I figured I'd just like, you know, rock the look today without the hat. Like nice. the, yeah. What's that? Well, what happened to the merch store? Um, we're working. We still, yeah. we still have this community and merch asked? store. Yeah, did somebody ask that in no, the comments? No, no, it just it got me thinking. I want a hat. Yeah, so I talked with Sergey just real briefly. What we're gonna do is like gather all the designers and have them pick an item, and so we're gonna let them pick what item they might want to put in the store, and we'll spin something up. Um, I don't know who's gonna design that, so it's, it's probably gonna take us a little while to design and, and actually build out that store. So, um, we'll keep you posted. Great. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Any what else? questions about SEO? Thoughts, Who, questions? Anybody have any concerns, things that they want us to answer? Let's hear them. Yeah. From a tool standpoint, that Ahref, um, if, if you guys don't have that, it's, oh, yeah. it's a little pricey, but it's something like you should just have. You need to have some kind of site auditing tool. You need to have like, I, I don't know, I don't know what you're doing. You need something for keyword research. You need something to audit a website. You need something to do like performance and schema markup and like explore links and backlinks and, and that stuff. And so like um, AA reference is a tool. Oribi is awesome, even better mm -hmm. than SEM rush, but the cost is ridiculous. Jay, I'm not sure if that's like the same kind of thing. Um, FinSuite here we're saying Ahrefs, yeah. So um, let's see. Like learning a couple of these tools and having some kind of automated reporting system on your site, something that monitors your website and kind of gives you feedback on a regular basis is a good thing um, to do that. So uh, let's see. No Google updates. Talks a lot about page speed, et cetera. Still not a big concern in your opinion. Yes, page speed is a huge concern, especially if you're talking about like a news site. Right, if you're a news site and people are going to consume information on your website and it's supposed to kind of be like a wham-bam experience, um, that performance always matters. Everything performance-wise matters with SEO. The point we were making before is that you can bypass that if your content is above and beyond or if there's an experience there that's worth staying and people stick, right? And so, like we talked about, Google's looking for a million different things when it comes to SEO. The page performance is a huge indicator, especially if all other things are equal. But if all other things are not equal, then that starts skewing the scale and the system. And so um, page performance, you can get away with having a, a slower page if the content delivers. Um, let's see. I'd love to add to this, Alex. Uh, another way to think about this is a really fast page is not going to put you at number one. It's it's going to prevent you from not being shown. It it's you're not going to be number one because you have a fast site. You're going to be number one because you have great content, and you'll show up a little bit higher than other sites that are also hot that have shitty speed, that have terrible this, yep. that have terrible this. Right. But really, that content that's the core. That's not the speed. Yeah, exactly. So if you put the same content on five different pages, 
and it was all just technically perfect, you might get some variation in those listings just based off of those rankings. But if more people start spending time with one of those versus the other, and let's say that causes the page time to slow down a little bit, Google's still gonna prioritize that above the other one, right? So let's say you have five of the exact same landing pages that start one way, and over the course of time, they, they evolve, and one of the users adds more content and adds more video and adds a more rich experience and you get like a more multimedia experience or you get a deeper experience that slows down the page load time, but more people end up engaging with over time. Even if everything else stayed the same and all the other ones had faster performance, it would shift to this other one being up top. Um, and that's where you, again, going back to that algorithmic, you know, identifying which website is just more relevant. Um, Let's see, I've always wondered if using a two to three second page loader, my score is super high, isn't that a fake score? Um, so the page is already rendering when you're two to three second loader, like the page is probably already rendered for that thing to load. And so you could piss off your users, right? By having a two or three second loader, especially if that's not just a one-time event. Um, but there's a lot of other things that will impact the SEO before that. And the SEOs, a lot of time it's looking for like page performance, it's looking for like meaningful paint rendered on the page. And so it's not looking for it to load everything and including your interaction. It's like what time until it starts loading some meaningful content that the user can engage with, which sometimes that could be a preloader um, or some kind of intro graphic or whatever. Um, that's a whole different conversation about whether a two or three second preloader is a good idea though. And and also, Babis, understand that there are so many factors that go into this, that everything we're talking about has some type of score and some type of weight, and there's so many things to consider. One little thing here and there is not going to make a significant difference. If you think that two to three second preloader is truly enhancing the experience and it's going to make people stick to that site, keep it. If it's a waste and it's just not needed, take it out. That's really how you have to look at, should I have a preloader or should I not? It shouldn't be based on, well, what does Google think? Because guess what? You're selling to people. People are viewing the site. That's what we need to focus on. Yeah, um, I agree. Good point there. Uh, Carrie Craver is asking, how long should you expect to typically spend on SEO on a site? Um, that really depends. And again, the technical stuff is not a lot of time, right? Like it doesn't take a lot of time to map something in the CMS collection and tell Webflow like, hey, this is the alt description or this is the OG or pull these elements into the title or however you want to structure that. And so like, if you want to add some schema, it depends on your technical knowledge. If you wanted to do any like backlink strategy or anything like that, you could spend as much time as you want, right? I have a friend who runs a large SEO agency. They start at like $5,000 a month to do SEO. They do SEO for large startups um, or for growing brands and stuff. The stuff they're gonna do from an SEO standpoint is completely different than what we've talked about. You know, they have a whole process that they could go get lost and they have two or three people that are gonna get lost for hours or months doing this work on your site. Um, is that something you're gonna do with every build? I don't know. So maybe a couple hours, you know, a couple hours to, to I, I, I don't know. Um, you could, Cause you could go as deep as you want here. So I don't know that there's a hard number to just give here, Joe. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, no, it, it really depends. You could spend 10 minutes. You could spend 10 hours. It, it really depends. Yeah. A lot of factors. Okay. Um, 
It's a good question. Christian Schmidt is asking, is it a good idea to build a lot of landing pages with different headlines from come from CMS? Um, it depends on what you're trying to do and it depends on what the content is on the page. But there are some interesting case studies in Webflow about building programmatic landing pages for stuff like this, where the content is similar, but it's keyword specif uh, specified through the CMS and you're building some kind of like, um, you know, production based ad campaign or some kind of programmatic um, ad strategy or something like that, that could be effective primarily because, and, and not necessarily for SEO, but for ad campaigns, because you want the campaign to match what the ad says. So like the landing page, having the exact language as the ad is like a good signal for buyers and stuff. But I don't know that like, if you just create a thousand landing pages and create a bunch of nuances for like local search terms, if that's gonna get you what you want, you know, um, just by adding like Remember a different town name or something, yeah. Remember the authenticity, Christian, that if this effort is authentic, it may do well. If it's not authentic and you are just trying to programmatically create landing pages in as many as possible with a few programmatic variations, that seems not authentic. That seems like you're trying to cheat the system. And if you're trying to cheat the system, the Google bot is smarter than you. Yeah. Don't try to beat it. <laughs> you gotta be authentic. Yeah. It's true. And it is right. And again, if this is if you're doing this programmatically to match your ads, it's a different story. And this is a good thing. But if you're just doing this to spam, like you used to do keyword stuffing, where instead of keyword stuffing, you're now CMS stuffing and you're just creating thousands of CMS items that don't have any real interest, like Google's going to see that and they're just going to dismiss it anyway. And so I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, spend too much time worrying about that. Connor Finlayson. What's up, Connor? Uh, hello. Hello. Um, let's see. Hey, Somebody's Connor. asking about multilingual cool. websites. What about multilingual websites? Fernando, I'm not sure what you mean about multilingual websites. Yeah, be more specific about that. There's a lot of implications with that. If a website Okay, if a website yeah. really wants good speed performance, 90 plus, let's say, do they have to compromise in some animation scroll, animations, etc.? Yeah, probably. I would say yes. It depends on a lot of factors. It depends on what type of animations, how they're reacting on the page. Uh, yeah, you may have to you may have to not add those if performance is your top key. But I would rather have something that looks great that people stay on there for thirty seconds than something that people stay on for two seconds with no animations and it just loads really fast. So uh, yeah, you you may have to sacrifice, but. Think about the user. Think about the person viewing it. What should they be seeing? What yeah. type of content, what type of animations does that person need to see? Yeah, and this is one of the things where Webflow just gets it right with their hosting and the performance because you can do a lot with Webflow and send a pretty heavy page and still have it load super fast, which is something that yeah. like a lot of the other platforms you just can't get. You know, you're doing this with WordPress, you're doing this with Squarespace. Um, you're just not getting in my experience, uh, especially on the WordPress side, that kind of experience. So um, speaking of speed here, Daniel Berger's asking, Google PageSpeed Insights suggests serving images in next-gen formats with an estimated seven seconds and saving. These formats are not available in Webflow yet. Any suggestions? Um, yeah, Joe, any thoughts there? Yeah, ignore them. 
if you want to be on Webflow and you want to be native to Webflow, working with Webflow clients, this is not something that we even consider at FinSuite. If mm. someone were to ask us, hey, we need to serve everything in next-gen formats, it would be an auto no because this is very unnative to Webflow. When they release it, that's when we'll start using it. But I, again, do not think that this is going to make your page show or not show in results. Yeah. Um, and again, it's one of those things where like, if you're building in a perfect world and you can do this, right? If you're building with the newest tech and you're custom from scratch and you've got the best developers in the world building and you wanna optimize everything 100%, sure, that's a thing you can do. That requires different resources. That's a different process. That's a different structure than what most people are doing. The goal for Webflow is to give you tools that allow you to accomplish 80, 90% of what you might do with custom web building inside of this no-code environment. And so we're always gonna default to doing that. And so, um, yeah, that's not a, it, to, to us, that seems like it's not a huge deal. If at some point they came out and it was a deal breaker, you know, hopefully you expect Webflow to address it. Um, if it becomes best practices at some point, you know, hopefully that stuff will just kind of adapt down the chain. So. Um, Let's see, Babis is offering aren't supported with web browsers anyway. Don't bother until it's a standard for the web. That's a good point. That's a great mm -hmm. point. So, mm -hmm. yep. Um, okay, there was a couple other questions here that I wanted to get to. Is it possible to get the group? Yeah, Carrie, a, a nice comment from Carrie. Okay. I love how they talk about trade-offs. There is a trade-off with everything. And even taking a step away from SEO, we give our clients trade-offs with every decision they make and SEO fa falls right into this. If a client says, hey, I wanna edit CMS like this. Great, we can do this. And the trade-off is you have to enter this content in twice or you have to go and enter this in two collections to make that happen. If you wanted it native to Webflow, you only enter it once and it's like this. Same thing with SEO, if you want a perfect performance score, then shut up about animation. If you don't care about the performance score, then you can go ahead and animate. There's a trade-off there. And you, you can make this clear to your leads, to your clients. We can do this, this is the plan. If you want it this way, you get this benefit and we get this trade-off. So Carrie, great comment there. Use this trade-off concept in every decision you make in Webflow. Yeah. Well, this is just maybe in life, you know, there's never really any hard, fast <laughs> things in life, right? It's all yeah. about trade-offs. Yeah. And so it's like, hey, are you going to spend your time doing A or B, right? Are you going to spend your time building your portfolio and learning your Webflow skill set? Or are you going to go play some video games and dick off, you know, and, and not make any money? So like, depends on what you're trying to accomplish. And so there's always trade-offs if you're trying to grow your business, if you're trying to expand your Webflow knowledge base, if you're trying to like get better in search results or get more discovered, you would probably find that your effort might be better spent creating more content and looking to find interesting new ways to, to experiment with content and distribution as opposed to getting lost like in some technical weeds about what SEO, you know, you might fix or what you might do to improve some tiny little percentage of some statistical page ranking that, you know, again, in the, in the grand scheme of things probably is not going to be that impactful. Um, most websites don't have that high a score. They don't have that crazy like virality ranking, right? We're not yeah. all building the Huffington post or ABC news or whatever, right? We're not all building the next Facebook. And so, a lot of times it's more about figuring out interesting ways to build community 
and connect with the audience that you're trying to reach as opposed to trick any computer or system or search engine to displaying your stuff. Um, anyway. 12 o'clock on the dot or oh. one o'clock exactly. And that was a great, great final thought. Yeah. I say we take, we take this moment to, to close up this, this content. Do it. Let's, uh, let's get any final comments here in chat. Anything that you want us to, to mention as a final thought? But I, I think this was a really powerful episode. Uh, I hope that some of you are now thinking about SEO in a different way. Take importance of this technical side, but now start to think about the non-technical side. Think about how you're going to make a real difference in the user's browsing experience. So that's yep. great. I'm happy about this episode. Yeah, I agree. Are we um, doing any co-work hangs today or... We just shutting this thing down today. You got time yeah. to? You can spend ten or fifteen minutes yeah, hanging out in the co-work. Yeah, we're gonna All go right. in the co-work space. You can go to finsweet.com forward slash co-work slash co-work and go go ahead in there. Yeah. Okay. We'll Rohan, go ahead and maybe you can share that in there. We're gonna end the stream. And uh, thanks for hanging out with us. If you're not coming over to the co-work space, once again, if you subscribe to the channel, uh, we're here every Tuesday at noon. Um, like the video. We appreciate the signal that sends to YouTube. We will catch you at an episode of Critique next week, and we're going to jump into the co-work space right now. So catch you later. Bye.